0: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented, as always, by America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, y'all. It is late night Tuesday. The snow has begun coming down. We'll see how much it ultimately impacts the crowd for tomorrow night's matchup against San Diego State. I know it's supposed to be a whiteout. Typically, would draw a pretty awesome crowd, so hopefully it's nothing too impactful. Definitely be safe out there on the roads. I don't know about you guys. I live on the shady side of the street. I've still got like four inch thick ice around my entire parking lot. This is just going to be a mess. But that is life in Colorado in the winter. So we'll persevere, I suppose. A lot to talk about in this one. We are going to go back and revisit Isaiah Stevens' greatness. His performance against UNLV over the weekend was something else. After re-watching that game again and specifically just really focusing on him over those final 10-15 minutes of the matchup, it's insane how much he impacted that win for CSU. So we'll go into the context of that. I will put it up against some of the other all-time great performances by CSU men's basketball players, and then we'll transition into that game against San Diego State, a really big opportunity for the Rams to keep the positive momentum rolling after getting that road victory at the Thomas and Mack Center first one since 2017. Before we talk hoops, though, I did want to shout out our guy Barry Wesley, who is currently working out with the Seattle Sea Dragons of the XFL, one of the all-time truly good guys to come through the program, a local kid, a walk-on-turn multi-year starter. Still wish the timing would have worked out to where he could have stayed for one more year. He had the year of eligibility remaining, chose to leave uh, before Norvell was hired. Don't blame him for doing so, particularly after everything he went through over those final couple of years, but there's no doubt that CSU could have used him. He would have been the starting left tackle. Not saying that would have fixed everything or anything like that, just because they had so many injuries in the offensive line. It was it was really a disastrous scenario, but I just wanted to make sure that we gave our guy Barry a little bit of recognition, a little bit of love on the pod. I'm telling you, you will not meet a kinder person than Barry Wesley. So shout out to him. Also, shout out to Michael Gallup, who last night had five catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown in Dallas's 31-14 to victory over Tampa Bay. Could this be the end of Tom Brady? We shall see. My gut still says he has another run left in him. Honestly, wouldn't surprise me if he ended up on the Jets. But Michael Gallup, the final Ram remaining in the NFL playoffs. Obviously, Shaq Barrett did not play in this game. He's out for the season due to injury. Same with Ola B.C. Johnson. He was out of that uh, matchup between Minnesota and the Giants. But it's really cool to see Mike just continuing to shine in this Cowboys offense. Considering he tore his ACL in Week 17 last season, the fact that he's been able to come back so quickly and be impactful for Dallas down the stretch is a huge boost for him and that offense. They gave him an extension, so it's not like he's playing for a contract or anything like that. But I just feel that he's up there with Tim Patrick as one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. I would put Christian Kirk in that conversation as well. Just a guy that consistently produces. If you get the ball in his hands, he's going to make plays. He runs good routes. He's got soft hands. As far as body control and the ability to... Contort himself in the air and put himself in weird positions, yet still land in bounds. He's up there with anybody that I've ever seen. In another world, if he would have got really focused on hoops, I could see Michael Gallup throwing down just the sickest dunks in a competition. What's always impressed me about Michael Gallup, though, aside from his absurd athleticism, his consistency, his playmaking abilities, it's just that he's one of the most humble guys that you'll ever encounter. He puts his head down, he goes to work. He's not the flashiest guy out there. He's not talking a ton of trash, pounding his chest, look at me, 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 doing the gritty, whatever. And I'm not even trying to be a a hater towards the guys that are a little bit flashier with their approach, including his teammate, CeeDee Lamb, another stud. But going back to his days at CSU, he's always just been a grinder, a guy that outworks everybody else, despite the fact that he's absurdly talented and freakishly athletic. He's humble and gracious, both in victory and defeat. And he just always seems to have this steady presence. Again, don't get me wrong, the point of this is not to be the old man yelling at the sky, get off my lawn, or anything like that. I-, I think it's fine that guys are allowed to express themselves more and-, and have more fun. But there's something to be said about a guy like Mike, who just does his thing week in and week out, produces every single time he gets an opportunity, makes big plays. And then when he does, he just gets right back lined up again and, and ready to continue to work. Anyways, there weren't a lot of Rams balling out at skill positions when I was growing up, so I always want to try and acknowledge these types of games when I can. It's a lot of fun to see these guys go on and succeed at the next level. I think big things are coming for Trey. We've obviously been hyping up Stony a lot, and if you missed that interview or my article on his record-breaking season on overcoming doubters please go check that out. You will enjoy the interview a lot. Ryan, a really down-to-earth guy, really humble. But I definitely want to get some love for our guy, MG13, as well. The Cowboys will take on the 49ers on Sunday. Hopefully another big performance for our guy in that one. But it's just cool to see him healthy, out there doing his thing, making plays again. All right, let's move on. Let's talk hoops real quick, though. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Maybe you put together a nice little SGP featuring some totals for some uh, player props for Mike. You know, take his catches, you know, four catches over 55 and a half yards, whatever it ends up being set at, and to score a touchdown, something like that. Maybe you throw some extra juice in there and you add some Niners totals as well. Christian McCaffrey to score, George Kittle. The options are endless. That's what's great about DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, use the code DNVR, new customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Cool, cool, cool. So I already broke this game down, obviously, but I went back and rewatched the CSU-UNLV matchup, one, just because it was so crazy. I, I enjoyed watching it again, but... I really wanted to focus on Isaiah and how impactful he was down the stretch. And after doing so, I'm pretty sure this was the most impressive individual performance by a Ram that I have seen. Uh, I'll go through those here in a couple of minutes. I'll talk about some of the all time great scoring games. Bill Green has a bunch of insane numbers that'll probably never be topped. But Isaiah had 33 points, 12 of 22 from the floor, nine assists, eight rebounds. Damn near recorded a triple-double, as I mentioned, on the last pod, the first 38-8 game in Mountain West history. He just took over this game in a way that very few players are capable of doing. You know, I, I went back and watched that whole game, the, the final 10 minutes of the second half in particular, and then overtime, Right before the 10 minute mark, Jordan McCabe hit a three to put UNLV up 54 to 48. From there, Isaiah goes down and cashes a three himself. Over the final 10 minutes, though, Isaiah scored or assisted on every single field goal that the Rams produced. He hit four threes, so he had 12 points and three assists over the final 10 minutes of regulation. Then in overtime, he had another six points and two more assists. Over the final 15 minutes, he hit six threes and had five assists. That's video game-type production, and he did so in a true road atmosphere. It's hard to even articulate just how impressive Isaiah was down the stretch. He made every single play correctly, and CSU needed all of them. I pointed it out on Twitter, but the fact that UNLV allowed Isaiah Stevens to roll the ball past midcourt and save a couple seconds there at the end that that's that's just that's malpractice. It's coaching malpractice. You can watch the video on my Twitter page at Justin T Michael. But with eight point four seconds remaining, UNLV hit a free throw to go up four. Instead of putting any pressure on Isaiah at all, and again, I'm not saying they needed to have a, a full court press or or something like that, but just have a body back there and make Isaiah pick up the basketball. Instead, they have all five guys behind. Uh, the half court line, they don't want to foul. They let Isaiah roll the ball. He saves three and a half seconds. And even after picking up the ball, they don't really come at him. He's able to get off a pretty clean look, drains it obviously. And then the clock stops with 5.3 seconds remaining. I don't know. I just have no idea what UNLV was thinking in that situation. Clearly, you don't want to foul. That's the big scare is that you foul him on the three-point attempt, and he makes it, and then they tie it with a four-point play. But if you just put a body back there, make the whole thing take longer, put just a little bit of pressure on Isaiah. You know, Don't give him such a clean shot. And even if he makes it, at the very least, you force CSU to take two, two and a half, even three more seconds off the clock, And then the heroics probably don't take place at the end. After Isaiah made that shot, he still got the steal technically landed out of bounds, so it didn't end up being CSU's possession. But there was enough time for that to occur, for CSU to then foul UNLV again. They go down, they hit a pair of free throws, they go up three. And even still, there was close to three seconds left on the clock. And because of that, after Rave pulled his L way, And pulled out his best Elway impression and made a perfect pass to Isaiah. He was able to leap, catch it, still have enough time to dribble, and position himself to be square with the basket and get off a good look over the UNLV defenders. That wouldn't have really been possible if they only had a second on the clock. Don't get me wrong, Zay still had to hit the circus shots, which are are crazy, even with the fact that UNLV made some mistakes in the end. At at the end of the day, Isaiah Stevens still made some absolutely insane shots. The Little things add up, though, and if you're Kevin Kruger, if you're a UNLV fan, you have to be sick to your stomach knowing that if all we had done was put a body back there, force them to, to eat a couple of seconds more off the clock, we still probably escape with a win and instead... They have a dramatic home loss, really gut-wrenching. And the Rams up coming away with one of the truly signature wins, at least in in conference play, of the Medved era. And Isaiah puts himself in the conversation for one of the greatest individual performances by any CSU player ever. I'm not going to be too bold and proclaim it as the best ever just because I want to be respectful to the different generations of Rams stars. I mean, Bill Green scored 48 in a, in a game against DU again, in 1963. He had 44 in a game against Regis that same season. And even for Isaiah, it's not technically his career high. He had 35 points in the shootout loss to UNLV at Moby last season. When you factor in how dominant he was down the stretch, when you factor in the context of the moments the impact he had on the outcome, as well as all of the other players on the court. To me, it's the greatest individual performance by a Ram that I've gotten to witness. I never thought anybody would top Gian Clavel's 37 points in Viejas, and even then, if I went back and rewatched that whole game in its entirety, I I might change my mind again because Gian made some circus shots in that game, including the game-winning layup with like three and a half seconds left. That was just absurd. Went full... Uh, coast to coast, he had 37-8 rebounds and an assist in a 78-77 win back on January 28th, 2017. Uh, the Rams came back from double digits in that one. Actually came back from deficits of 13 points in three different wins over San Diego State that season. So Gian, much like Isaiah in this game against UNLV, stepped up when his team needed him most, when the lights were brightest in a true road environment. But Isaiah had the same amount of rebounds. He played more minutes. He had uh, eight more assists than Gian did. And to me, that's what narrowly gave Isaiah the edge, what barely slides him into that top spot. But I I think it's really like 1A, 1B. I just have a preference for, for guys that not only are great scorers and really dangerous with the ball in their hands, but when they're out there every single time, they also make their teammates better. And I think that's what's going to be really interesting for Isaiah when it comes to the whole uh, argument of greatest CSU basketball player ever. As it currently stands, he's fifth all-time in scoring, needs 20 points to move to number four. He's number two in assists, 12 shy of Ryan Yoder's record. So from a production standpoint, he clearly has the numbers. He's also essentially done nothing but win his entire career, was the key guy in one of the most successful stretches in CSU men's basketball history. He's definitely in the conversation for the greatest ever. And if he comes back for year five next season, I think he probably is the greatest ever. Cause at that point he's gonna have the scoring and the assists and games played in Rams uniform and just the amount of big moments. It'll it'll be an insane stacked resume that'll be hard for anybody to ever compete with. But regardless if you have him at one or not, he's clearly in the conversation, one of the top, you know, two, three or four players ever. And this performance is up there with some of the all-time greats. For me, it's it's this and Covell uh, David Roddy scoring 36 against Creighton. I watched Antoine Scott drop 35 against Utah State in 2016, I believe. Uh, Dorian Green's 36-point game against Northern Colorado in 2011. All impressive showings in their own right. But what Isaiah did in this win against UNLV, I'm going to remember it for the rest of my life. All right, let's move on. Let's shift our attention to what is coming up, and that is obviously a big-time game against San Diego State at Moby Arena, late night Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. tip. Seriously, guys, please be careful out there. I know that they are a little bit more prepared as far as plowing and getting salt down on the roads than they were from this last snowstorm, but still, I've been in that position many times where you're coming back late night on I-25, and it's just a disaster. Visibility's poor people with their big led lights doesn't help the cause seriously guys be safe out there but when you get hurt backus and shanker is here to help backus and shanker wins for colorado families they have been helping those who are seriously injured in colorado for more than 25 years free until we win money in your case no upfront fee to speak with them about your case no fee while they work on your case and no fee unless they win again a big win for you Backus and Shanker won over $1 billion for their clients. Now they have even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers on staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call them at 222. 2-2-2-2 Two 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 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Schenker wins. Again, that is Seven twos for those of you that struggle to count like me. Shout out to our friends Backus and Shanker. All right, big time matchup coming up against the Aztecs. They're 13-4 and overall, 4-1 and in Mountain West play. Coming off of a 9-point home loss to New Mexico, though. The Lobos, when they are rolling... Are, are capable of, of beating anybody. I mean, they have the athleticism, they've got the rim protection, the length. They, they're they a really tricky matchup. So I, I don't think there's a situation where you want to look at it feeling like, oh man, San Diego State's kind of vulnerable. But they definitely have not been as consistent offensively as I was expecting. You know, they've got some really dangerous scores between Matt Bradley and um, Darian Trammell. Former WAC star at the University of Seattle has come in and been a really nice addition to their rotation, averaging 11 and a half points, 3.6 assists. At times though, it just feels like San Diego State can get a little bit stagnant offensively. They can be kind of ISO-heavy or, you know, ball dominant with one guy. And I'm not a big fan of that. That's one of the big things that I've always loved about Medved's offense is how free-flowing it is. Keeps everybody involved. You don't have a situation where one guy is just standing in the corner for long stretches at a time. The thing about San Diego State, they're always going to test you. I mean, they're going to contest the hell out of your shots. They're going to be really active on the glass. They have the length to close up and, and clog down passing lanes and driving lanes. They're just going to make you work really hard for every point that you score. They're going to do a good job of limiting your shots and rhythm that are uncontested. They're certainly going to try and keep you out of the paint. And so if you're the Rams, you've just got to be smart. You've got to work the basketball to try and create quality looks. Try not to get too frustrated. You know they're going to play hard defense. There's going to be cold stretches, but don't start jacking up long shots, you know, purely because you're you're frustrated. Certainly can't turn the basketball over, don't want to give them easy opportunities in in transition the other way. And then defensively, you've just got to match the effort and intensity that San Diego State is bringing. They're typically not a team that's going to absolutely light it up from the floor. They've got some guys that can really get hot, don't get me wrong. But if you're not giving them consistently open jump shots and and not allowing a ton of second chance opportunities, going for loose balls, just doing the little things that I've been talking about so much these last couple of weeks, the Rams are good enough to hang with this team, especially if they can get the type of showing from James Moores that they got in this last one. I mean... His impact defensively on the glass, it just goes such a long way for a team that does not have a ton of depth in the front court. You know that Cartier is going to get his points, do the bucket, but if you go back and you watch that win again over San Diego State last season in the orange out, how big James Moores was defensively, obviously he had the big block at the end that made um, all the San Diego State media throw fit. But he was incredibly impactful on the glass and defensively in general in that game in some of the the biggest key moments. And as we saw in, in this last performance against UNLV, you know, he doesn't need to be a guy that's going for 30. You don't even need 20 out of him, but just be a threat to score when the ball is in your hands. Make it so the defenders can't just completely sag off when the ball is in your hands and wait for you to try and pass it to somebody else because they know you can't do anything with it. James is a good athlete. He can get to the rim. Finishing in the paint has been an issue at times, but he, he looked really solid in this UNLV game. We've seen a couple of other spurts this season where he's flashed it. To me, guys like him, I say, obviously, you need your veterans to step up in these big conference games. They got it in the matchup against UNLV. We'll see if they can do it again against San Diego State. All right, that's all I have for this one. I'll have more content tomorrow in the daytime as well as content throughout that game against San Diego State, post-game pod, all that fun stuff that you guys are used to. Shout out to everybody for continuing to support my work. Much love. Peace.